Yeah, I'm back. It's the Talking Chip Podcast. It's your host, Tone Robin, and I'm here with Terrence Thomas, my special guest, as we talk about mental health awareness. It's very important right now as we um, are in the mental health awareness season. Um, So I want to uh, sit down as I reached out to him so we can talk about the many, the many, many things that are affecting our community. Terrence, how you doing? I'm doing very good today, Mr. T. I just want to let everybody know I am not a doctor, but I am a very big advocate of the community and helping um, treat those who are diagnosed with several different mental illness within our community. And I am always willing to help those in need. That's good, man. That's that's very important. You know, uh, mental health is definitely something that is more looked at looked at even more now um as people are focusing on things like depression anxiety um uh, schizophrenia bipolar uh disorder and 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 addiction within the community that um has been impacting us for a long time but uh, a lot of us are channeling ourselves and taking a, a different approach to try to uh to try to effectively, you know, uh, find treatment for it now? Well, I would have to say that the majority of the community and those who are diagnosed with it fall fear of coming forth and coming out and admitting that they're dealing with um, certain things. The main priority that plague those who are um, dealing with certain things is hopelessness and loss of the ability to deal with certain things within their means of maybe happening in their life um maybe the loss of a loved one um sometimes bad relationships and those type of things could be bringing on that type of depression um that uh sometimes also you know could bring even more severely um that first episode going away off to college and those are and our young children um, yeah that fear of going away okay so yeah so let's talk about it you know we're gonna look at mental health from a standpoint of uh, depression, man, depression is a—is uh, it—is it more than being sad? Oh, I must have to tell you, man, uh, it's way, 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 way past being sad. Um, let's go back to coping. Let's say that um, it's the ability that we have not felt fear of losing coping skills, but the majority of us looking at today's what's going on with COVID. Um, losing a job, you know, losing a loved one is one of the biggest things that is going on within today's society, I must say. And that's what's happening with the ones that I'm definitely seeing that's coming into my care. There, it's, it's, it's not them being able to deal with um, losing a mother or losing an uncle that they were raised by and not having the support of family members to be able to talk about losing that person. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. So depression, depression is uh, it's coming in different forms now, man. Um, I know I was speaking to you about it a couple of days back, and I made a mention to you that you know, a success, people that are successful that have achieved uh, a lot of things and really have nothing to do. For the most part, especially during during COVID and this pandemic, you know, such as a person who's amassed a lot of wealth and they truly have no schedule because they may be an entrepreneur. Or they 
just simply own their own businesses. So they make their own rules. They make their own schedules. So the motivation is, is, is coming from within. And when you, when you, when you've done things and done it well, some, you know, you, you spend a lot of time alone and, you know, that's a level of depression sometimes. Look, uh, I don't mean to cut you, but let's just say that with mental health, let's just say when looking at it, who? It doesn't have a face. It doesn't have an age. It doesn't have an outlook. Okay. It can attack anyone, any age, any place, anywhere. Um, when you say um, wealth, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter if you're poor or rich. I have seen millionaires come in my care. I have right. seen the poorest poor come in my care. Mm-hmm. It's just a sense of loss, of hopelessness. It's the point of not having or being able to not loss of reality um and when doing so you know those are people that display anxiety and right. seeing those symptoms it is it's just unbelievable and you have to be able to notice it from a mile of away and for some people and especially especially in different cultures i want to go into that because that's a big thing in today's society because we are a melting pot here in the United States. Right. Um, in different cultures, they choose not to cast an eye on mental health. They mm-hmm. decide that sometimes prayer may be in look of justice to try to handle it and try to take care of it in the house. <laughs> yeah, that's grandma's way. That's the old fashioned exactly. way. Exactly. Right there, you know, you know, we got basketball players, you know, seeing that we just finished the NBA finals. Um, uh, I want to talk about Delonte West, who was a part of the Cleveland Cavaliers, played with LeBron James at one point of in, in, in his career, achieved, you know, he, he success, achieved success by making the league first and foremost and becoming a millionaire. And then, you know, there's images now that have come across social media in uh, recent weeks of him being homeless, standing on a corner you know, panhandling, um, but basically looking like he's, I hate to say, lost his mind, but, you know, he's going through some fashion of depression that has caused him to, uh, to, to put himself out there like that. Let me say that it's sick and sadness me to actually see someone, you know, and I see it every day, of someone of his caliber who has reached the potential he has to greatness and fall but let's just say it can happen to anyone right um with that said you know it brings um this type of behavior brings on sleep problems it brings on um insomnia it brings on heavy insomnia uh way of fatigue weight loss and brings on excessive hunger so you see people with weight gain or you see people with somebody if it's significant if you've seen him and his face the weight loss that he displayed of certain things of that nature um Mm -hmm. we have to be we have to be supportive in our community especially of someone of his caliber just not because of where he's been but maybe because of where he's going and i tell people this all the time it's never not knowing where you're going but you have to know where you're going, but we have to sometimes think about how we're going to get there. Right. Um, and we have to be supportive of those around us. So if you see those people start to displaying those type of behaviors, 
Um, we have to be supportive. You have to be supportive. And in order to be supportive, you have to be able to listen. Right. Um, and, I, and here in Palm Beach County, if you see somebody in those type of needs, you can always call and uh, reach out to 211. They um, are very, very supportive, and they can direct you in the right um, direction to get into those services, most definitely. And uh, is the 211, is that a national number? Um, I don't know if it's a national number, but it is most definitely here in Palm Beach County that we use a lot for different types of services, and they will link you to the most appropriate um place for mental health um awareness and some other services if needed okay okay i'm I'm gonna research that for us real quick so we can make sure um as far as the 211 to see if it's a universal thing in the united states so as i'm looking at it right here for the for the listeners out there you can use 211 call 211 or 211.org you can utilize it anywhere in the united states of america you know, um, as needed. It's a confidential nationwide service that connects people um, to available help and information, man. So, yeah, that's, that's that's a good good information you've given us about the depression part. Now, anxiety, man, <laughs> with the kids and COVID. And I, I say kids more because I, I interact uh, definitely with my children. And um, that's one of the things that they... Or that's a word, that's a trigger word that they continuously use now um, where they're saying, you know, they're, 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 they're having concerns uh, um, because of anxiety. So is it more than just worrying? It's a, it's a great need to be worried because right now most of the kids don't have outlets and activities and those type of things to get involved in. And also knowing who your kids are involved with and what they're doing. Because right now, let me just say, um, the biggest thing in today's society is no joke is um, everyone loves to smoke marijuana. I'm not an advocate. I'm not an advocate of it. So hold on, hold on, hold on. We'll go park that right there, because because that's gonna tie in with with a question that I have for you. My next question, I'm I, and I'm gonna just I'm gonna drop it like this. You know, when we get into uh, talking about PTSD, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead with what you were saying. I'm sorry no, about that. I, no, no, no. Let me just say. When you say marijuana, it's not the 70s. We're looking at the 2020s. Right. So they're strains. Okay. So when you say an adolescent mind and they're smoking marijuana, sometimes it triggers something in their brain. Uh-huh. So I, I can sit here and tell you, okay, let's talk about serotonin in the brain and the way it affects. Okay, let me just use a vacuum effect. Let me use a soda can effect. Okay. Effect. You take a soda can and you shake it, what happens? (laughs) It's going to explode on you. Right. So let's take that soda can. That same soda can, if you take it and you place it in a car that reaches over 100 and some degrees, what can happen? It's going to explode on you. If you take that same soda can and you place it in a deep freezer for too long, what can happen? It can explode on you. That's an adolescent mind when on drugs at the wrong time. So now, if you take that adolescent mind and you place it and you sit it on the counter, for instance, that soda, that same soda, Mm -hmm. and you take it and you pop it open, that has just been sitting there, not in the refrigerator or anything, and you take it and drink it and it's hot, how does it taste? When you say when it's when it's hot, hot? it's hot. A hot soda. Ah, it's pretty strong, man. It's pretty strong. Nobody likes a hot soda. Right. So sometimes, what I'm trying to get you to understand is sometimes we have to sometimes taste. 
the human mind, which is that soda can, we have to place it inside a fridge. And we place that, and I use that fridge as an example of sometimes using therapeutic medications. And we put it inside a fridge right. to let it settle. When putting it inside a fridge, we let it get to a certain temperature. Mm -hmm. At that certain temperature, you pull it out. When it's refreshing, how does it taste when it's at a certain temperature? It tastes better when it's cold than when it's hot. Exactly. So when we're trying to support and we're trying to help young children or adults, and I'm trying to be supportive at helping them take their medication. Okay. That's my way of trying to help families understand and help others understand the seriousness about mental illness and how to go along with supporting those in need. Yeah, now and and you know I understand what you're saying cuz I mean, you can look at you can look at the usage of uh marijuana as uh, uncontrolled it's it's uncontrollable even though people feel that you know, we, we and these are the hood these are the hood uh these are the hood answers. You know, man, it's from the earth. It can't hurt you. Um uh it's natural, you know, those type of things. But you also have to keep in mind that it's an uncontrollable substance, depending on who you are and what's actually affecting you right now in your life. And like you said, the strands are different now. The strains are different now. So, you know, where you got mood relaxation uh, is one option. You got something for alertness is another option uh, with the sativa when you are smoking marijuana. And um, and then you have literally the unknown because you just don't know what your body's going to go through because paranoia is something that comes with the territory or it. it it comes with smoking uh, marijuana, and that's always been something that uh, people really don't like to discuss, but it's a raw reality of it. You know, we've seen that from the illustration from the movie Friday. I, I, I don't like to get into heavy politics and stuff like that, but I will in the last few months of my job in dealing with mental illness, I will like to challenge those who are in charge of the government who are looking to legalize and stand behind it and giving out these cards. I would like for them to start coming down to some of your local mental health hospitals and start doing the statistics. Start um, adding them up and seeing those who are coming in um, checking themselves in from using the legal marijuana. Right, right, And right. seeing what the numbers are because, you know, when people check themselves in, that's the first, I have my medical marijuana card. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. Um, well, and those are the ones that started showing schizophrenic bipolar um, types. And it's very hard to try to treat them and not try to cross-contaminate from the marijuana or trying to use the uh, right medication. So, you know, now you're trying not to violate their rights and keep them for too long. Right. You know, it's a, in Florida statute is very very um complicated when looking at other states and you're trying to explain it. Now let me let me ask you a question. Do you do you sometimes feel because it's excessive usage because you have people that will wake up and as long as their eyes are open they are they are off and on or consistently chain smoking marijuana the entire day 
I don't even know how they function. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to the pill mills. What would you say when those came around? Was people just taking the pills just to take them when they walk up? You got to tell me. That's your that's your expertise. <laughs> and let me go about just saying it like this. I go back um, a couple months ago. Uh, well, not a couple months ago. Let's go back a couple uh, years ago when bath salts and all that stuff were a commodity. That was one of the biggest things and the biggest issues that we had to deal with. Okay. You know? And it was you say scary. you say bath salts. What what you, can you can you explain that? Um, synthetic marijuana and that type of stuff. Yeah, you know, it was the cheapest thing on the market that people were using to get high. That was triggering a straight to mental illness approach that we had to deal with within the mental illness. That went through the roof. Wow. Um, so you know, to try to cover ourselves, you know, we have to try to not pretend there are. That dual diagnosis. Okay. So is it bought on by marijuana and other drugs? Yeah, it is. But is marijuana the less lethal? Most definitely, I would have to say it is. Um, but we have to be cautious and we have to be very particular about who we're giving these cards to and who's using them. Um, alcohol plays a big part. You you get someone behind a wheel and they're drinking and driving. Yeah. Well. Well, 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 hold that, hold that for me. Hold the alcohol, the the substance abuse, and, and the reason why I'm saying because I wanna, I wanna kind of, I wanna kind of put all of this, bring up, bring it all together with uh, PTSD. You know, um, PTSD and the usage of marijuana, and then, and then, and then I'm really gonna get off the subject because. You know, this isn't a this isn't a show dedicated to marijuana. It's just you know a topic that comes up when it comes to people thinking that that is a treatable solution for them. And I, you know, that's things that I hear from people who self-diagnose themselves. So, like I said, PTSD um, is it more than flashbacks? And also, you know, how do people? Uh, differentiate you know should you should you use clinical treatment or is at that point marijuana more healthy to treat a PTSD person patient let's be honest uh, when you're looking at numbers 80% of it is always going to be the person okay 80% is always going to be the person okay and why I say that it's going to be them want to be involved in their treatment gotcha 20% is going to be with the medication. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's going to be what's going to work. For PTSD, it's going to be definitely most uh, dealing with therapy, talking about what's happening. And some people say, well, if you talk about it, then how are they going to get over it? Um, talking about it, getting it out, sometimes is the best way of getting over it. Um, there are other medications besides marijuana that could deal with it. Sometimes smoking marijuana could bring you into a lower depression rather than bringing you up you have to remember some things some people mind work different than others okay some, it can slow you down then speed you up right some can speed you up and slow you down mm-hmm. so you have to look at things that way that's why when you look at some of the ways that the hospital treat people and you look at the way the mental health system works 
um, well, it's a 72 hour hole. I got to stay here for 72 hours. That's the reason why when you start taking medications, we have to make sure that these medications are working. We just don't want to give you something then let you go, well, what are you a bus driver? Mm -hmm. We give you medication and then you're driving a bus and you fall asleep. Okay. (laughs) So that's one of the biggest things. Our job is to try to make sure that we treat and we follow a schedule while you're there to make sure that you stay awake, you follow certain rules and what's going on to make sure that the medication is working and doing its job. Mm-hmm. The second part, like I said, is the 80%. So when you leave, that you follow that treatment plan and you continue to come back to seek therapy and talk about it to make sure that medication continue working. Now, um, now when you say talk about it now, triggers, mental triggers, uh, and I've seen this firsthand where I was, well, I was sitting down in the vicinity of two people that were that were uh, Vietnam conflict veterans, and uh, these guys were kind of sort of reminiscing about their experience in Vietnam. But there was a third person in the area, and he started to get very squeamish and clammy and start motion uh, rubbing his hands together, and then he walked out. Because whatever he experienced in Vietnam versus the other two veterans, it, it seemed to be very traumatic and it's something that he he wasn't able to get over. So now when you say talk it out, you know, how effective is that for the most part for when, when you're dealing with PTSD? Well, let me say this and uh, this clears up a lot of stuff. I teach a class. Okay. Uh-huh. It's a hands-on class, and I go around this room, and I, I ask people this one question. What do you fear? And the majority of people, they look at me, and they think about it, and you get one person in the classroom, they might say, well, I fear snakes, uh, I fear I fear this, I fear, but, and then you get a couple people, oh, I don't fear anything. Let's be honest. Everybody fears something. And that fear brings that some kind of PTSD. So in other words, let me say, if you're in a car and you're driving and just say a semi-truck gets over. Right. It doesn't have to hit you. But it comes very, very close to running you off the road. What happens to your heart? No, it's going it's gonna to go up. So how do you drive for the next 15 to 30 minutes? Uh, it's gonna be a little bit, maybe. I don't know how other people are, but it, you know, mine will be accelerated. I'll be, I'll drive a little more cautious because you know I'm trying to slow down the process of not experiencing that event again. Okay. So now, two days later, you get hit by a car just out of the blue, by or by a semi. You get in an accident, but it was prior. What happens then when you start to drive? Man. You get you say you get hit two days later. Two days later, you get in a car accident with a semi truck. What happens? <laughs> if you survive, man. If you survive, what happens <laughs> after that? Oh man, uh, you know it's like with anything. You know you're gonna move a little different. You're gonna you're gonna drive. You're going to either, you know, be very very attentive while you're uh, in motion behind the wheel, or I mean, for some people. It has zero effect, man. It has zero effect. But you said it. 
you're still gonna be cautious. Right. It's not gonna stop you from going where you're going, but you're gonna be very cautious. Now I gotta make the moves. PTSD has that effect on a lot of people. It has that different effect. Whether it's a one or where is it to a 10, it has that effect. It's just who you are. It is. It's, it has that effect. Stop saying that it has zero effect. If you've been raped, it's gonna have an effect because, well, it don't affect you today, but when you have a kid, how mm. does it affect when they leave the house? Mm. You see, it affects you because you're worried about what's gonna happen to that kid. You can't say you're not worried because it happened to you. You may have got over it, gotcha. but you still have that fear of what's gonna happen to that kid. Right. Those are the type of things that we have to say, yeah, we still have to face that type of fear every day. So when I hear people say, I don't have fear or something, no, we do. We have a fear and we all have PTSD, whether it's a little bit. And I, I, before we even started the conversation, we, we were going to start off with a real funny joke you were saying <laughs> about the president. Yeah. Well, 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 I forgot what it was. Yeah, I, I say, hey, you know, do you, do, you, do you think our current president is in need of some mental health treatment? Hey. Let me say it like this. Our <laughs> president has some mental health issues. You have mental health issues. Myself have mental health issues. Remember what I said about that soda can? Mm -hmm. We all have it. I can't say the word when I do groups. Uh, you know, profanity. I, I, I use profanity in my groups because I deal with a lot of adults. Um, now we can cuss on here. <laughs> oh, well, we can go ahead and I definitely said um, in the back of our in the back of our brain we have a fuck you being. <laughs> I always tell people this. Say that one more time, man. We so, have a fuck you being in the back of our brain. Okay. And and, and I, I tell people this. For the majority of us, we learn how to dump that being positively, um, adequately. We learn how to dump it. And for a lot of other individuals, they don't. That bin gets full. Okay. Just like I explained about the soda can effect. Right. It explodes. It gets too full. Okay. And in that process, it explodes. Mm -hmm. That what leads to that depression, that anxiety. That what leads to those certain mishaps or uh, outbreaks that wind up being noticeable. Right. And this is what caused them to wind up needing help. But I find it in our community, in our surrounding at this point, it's not so much that they come to the for help to us. I think it's more of the family not understanding what the long-term treatment process is. Okay. And helping them. Um, I think that if any family member that you know of is diagnosed with depression or any other uh, mental illness, I think, is very important for you to be very, very involved and learn. Um, there are different, different types of programs out there that you can call. Like I said, call 211. Right. They can point you in the right direction for family therapy and centers of counseling, and they can get you all in there and get you all adequately uh, caught up and get you on the same page. Um, there's no reason for the whole family to suffer. It's something that you all can um, come together and start to know how to deal with and start learning the signs and symptoms so that you can catch that um, situation before that can explodes. It doesn't have to explode. You can catch it. Um, 
there are certain things I don't like to talk about in today's society that have happened, um, that have altered our, our, our state and altered our behavioral health system. Mm -hmm. Um, there, you know, and I talk about it in my groups and I talk about it when I teach my classes and it's going to be something that over the next couple of years, that's going to be very, 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 uh, dynamic. Um, I think the House of Representatives, I think the government is going to start imposing it and they're going to be very um, serious. I think it's going to be a lot of money that's going to be dumped this way. Right. Um, just be on the lookout for and be supportive um, at, at, at your state legislative, uh, legislative um, part. Um, folk, be, be proactive. This is the time because it's showing. Um, look around. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Dante West is... It's a big name, but think about the people with no name right. that it's affected. Um, like I said, it comes in many shapes, forms, and who, what, when, where. You never know. Um, I can name situations of people who are, like I said, poor, millionaires, and it's, it's the same effect. And when they leave, family members fall fear. Um, I don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to do. This has wrecked homes, uh, wives caused to run, husbands caused to divorce right. because they don't know how to handle it. And for um, me talking to some family members, they gathered together and they have come together and saved their marriage or saved their daughters and sons from this um, being embarrassed. Um, we're gonna hit you with. We're gonna hit you with. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hold a sex segment right now. And we're gonna come. We're gonna circle back, and when we come back. We're gonna talk about uh, bipolar disorder and schizophrenia um, conditions with that. And you know, again, we thank you for uh, tuning in to the Talking Chip Podcast. It's your host Tone Robin. Remember, follow, share, subscribe. I'm available on all platforms, all media platforms. We'll be back. Thank you. Yeah, we back for the second segment here. A very special episode. We're discussing mental health uh, with our guest today, special guest Terrence Thomas. What's going yeah. on, man? Yeah, man. So we're gonna we're gonna get started. We're gonna jump into uh, you know um, discussing bipolar disorder. And um, when I think about bipolar, man, I think about Two Face on Batman. You know, one person having. One side of his face burnt up, the other person having a, a regular face, man. So take us there, man, with what you're seeing and, and, and what and tell us what is bipolar disorder. No disrespect, but that's the majority of uh, most men and women if they're in a relationship. <laughs> uh, if you look at the majority of anybody that's been in a relationship and they go through certain things, um, you know, they deal different different personalities in that relationship. Right. It's a love hate thing. Okay. Uh, you walk in the house and you leave your pants by the door. Uh, he or she may not like that. You go in and you <laughs> leave the toilet seat up. Here she may not like that. You know those are certain things that may trigger somebody until you get to know that person. If you haven't lived with them in a long uh, before getting married. Right. Per se. Okay. Um. So 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 what you saying bipolar. Disorder is more than mood swings. It's most definitely more than mood swings. Uh, it's, it's it's a way of acting for sadness, um, 
elevated mood uh, it's a vacuum um i tell people this and just to go back i just want to let people know one of the main reasons why i got into this type of stuff um i had started working with a group of kids i started with children first of all and then i wind up going into adults and those same kids that i worked with um first getting into the system i seen them grow up and started seeing them as adults right unfortunately um they all passed away really most definitely and you know that's one of the saddest things to um dealing with um in this business mm -hmm. but that's what motivates me to um, continue to keep doing what i'm doing um and unfortunately that was part of um their their uh symptoms and what they dealt with was bipolar okay um and I dealt with it for years, um, seeing them grow up from age nine all the way to some, they passed away. Um, a lot of people don't understand that is something that you have to be very, very aware of dealing with mental illness. And let me go back and also say, um, if you have anyone who is a threat to themselves or others, that is a time to take it very seriously and call for help. What do you um, mean by that? Um, if they're acting out, if a person is showing signs of aggression towards themselves or is cutting, um, they may be cutting or they may be showing distress towards animals or um, other people mm -hmm. are making rational threats online, which is a big thing. Take it serious. Okay. Um, don't okay. take that as a joke or laugh it off or just go and say, well, I'm going to talk to them. Reach out, call somebody, get them help immediately. Mm -hmm. Because no telling which way it will go. And majority of the time, it's something that's not controllable. Um, it's, it's unwanted thoughts, it's delusions, it's, um, the ability to uh, not be able to control it. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that belief that they, a false belief. So I'm telling you, seek help immediately. Call and get them help immediately. Yeah, now I know this is a big one right here. Schizophrenia, I dealt with this with my aunt. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Barbara. Um, schizophrenia was a condition that she was diagnosed with. And um, it was something that was rather interesting to me because, you know, having a family member that, you know, suffers from that ailment and... Um, being very close to them is kind of difficult because you buy into the individual based on what you know about them versus what a doctor is clinically um, telling you what's going on with them. And, you know, with Barbara, she had a situation with her condition of schizophrenia where she was well and she could recall things and tell me about the past very easily but in another instance she would also tell me that you know she <laughs> she told me that you know a plane is landing in the backyard and i'm looking out the window and ain't no goddamn plane out there so <laughs> so that's 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 a whole another story when you're dealing with schizophrenia man it's 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 just a interesting thing man yeah and the sad part is that it is really no unknown reason the link between schizophrenia but i must say also that um with dual diagnosis some drugs do break on um, paranoia and the schizophrenia um 
but a combination of genetics also can play that and also a role um it could be that was something that was in her gene life yeah yeah it, it, it's, it was like what we were talking about with post-traumatic stress and talking about it so with ptsd for her she obviously had had some pain in her life and when she was reflecting well having a tough time and she was revisiting those moments in her head you know then she would release it verbally you know for example you know any um uh, any uh, domestic abuse abuse that she may have been experiencing and she would turn and say oh i'm gonna get that mother and i'm like who are you talking about auntie i don't see nobody now you know you know i gotta get up and address it because like you said you want to take it serious and you want to make sure that you know you're not downplaying what's going on with that individual because you never want to walk into the room and walk into a tragedy because you were taking it for granted and let's get this is understand one of the biggest things it does affect one's ability to think feel um clearly think clearly um we try to help those but we don't want to play into their delusions when helping them but we want to try to make sure that we're comforting and we're trying to help them by all means let me get one thing straight because it's one of the biggest things that you know when we got back on the marijuana i'm not going back to it but i want to be clear we stayed away from a lot of things about medication we're not getting paid to talk about medication so no, i don't no. want to go into that right but you know the, the biggest thing is like i said it's an 80 20 80 percent of it is the person the 20 percent is the medication right so our job is to try to help them and you know try to get them to go into groups and getting them around people um per, uh, people places and things that are familiar and that are safe environments so you know they can be with those around them that are a more you know supportive right like I say you know when somebody going to display those type of behaviors we want to be supportive. You know, we want to start being there for them. And it's always, they're going to always display what next after that. They become real defensive if we're not being too supportive or we're not being helpful. They become real defensive. Right. And I want people to understand one of the biggest things. When they start to become defensive, they're going to start to lose it at that point. When I said about the soda can, that they're going to act out. They're going to start doing what we just said, what you said that she start doing, the yelling out, the kicking doors, and they're feeling like they're trapped. They're going to start displaying that type of behavior. And like I said, the best thing to do is call for help. Mm-hmm. Um, get somebody that's certified to try to help them. Gotcha. Um, you know, that's one of the biggest things. And then I, and after that, you know, it's one also understanding the risk behaviors that come with that and being understandably that that risk behavior could cause that person to get hurt or cause them to hurt somebody else. Um, After they start to come down and they start to show that tension reduction, this is where you try to be as therapeutic as possible. Not just while they're inside a facility or seeking help through someone like us but family members this is their time to start becoming very therapeutic you know i call it the communication aspect yeah yeah hold hold that point for me because you know we 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 cover all right we cover some real 
real heavy things right now uh, with this episode going through depression anxiety schizophrenia bipolar disorder post-traumatic stress so we i want to turn it around right now and uh, focus on positivity and um and how do you how do you just maintain a, a a healthy mind you know outside of any clinical diagnosis or anything of that nature how do you just simply try to protect yourself to avoid the pitfalls of uh, insomnia, anxiety, um, all these things that we discussed tonight. Uh, for myself, I have a strong support system. Um, my wife herself, she's in the medical field, so you know, always being able to talk with somebody and share what happened throughout the day, um, being able to, you know, have a journal and have that support from those around you and being able to to, um, use that journal also to go back and do groups and stuff like that also helps. Um, Okay. Not being afraid to look yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, did you do a good job for the day? You know, those are one of the biggest aspects that keep me going every day. I don't do it for the money because anybody that chose this field, if you're not a doctor or anyone that's up in that type of level, it's no money that's involved in it. It's the most that you do this for the care. Gotcha. So now this is going to sound funny now. Now, does, does talking to yourself fall in that category of making sure your mind is right? Most definitely. Yeah, you talk to yourself. You can answer yourself back. There's nothing wrong with that because guess what? You have to live with the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's nothing wrong with talking to yourself. It's the how you answer and it's what the outcome is going to be. You have to think about it. We all talk to ourselves because before you do anything, don't you make a decision to do it? You definitely reason with yourself, man. I talk a lot of shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> talk a lot of shit on a daily basis. So I definitely have to confer with myself sometimes before I punch somebody in the mouth, you know. Exactly. You gotta make you gotta weigh the good with the bad before you make that decision. So we all do it. Yeah, man. So man, it's been good rapping with you, man. We're gonna wrap this segment. But again, it's Terrence Thomas, um, coming from the healthcare field and uh talking to us tonight about mental health and mental health awareness. And uh as he said, you know, make sure you guys when in doubt. Or you feel like things are falling apart and you just can't cope or you do not have that support system to help you out, man, reach out, dial 211 or jump on 211.org. Um, don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid, man. Uh, this was one of the questions from one of my friends today on <laughs> on her page. And her thing was uh, she was talking about, uh, are you afraid to go to counseling? And I think a lot of... Um, stigmas are there and and it, it it don't have anything to do with race in general just people do not want to have to go and sit down and tell somebody else their problems first and foremost but um i'm gonna say you know like nike man just do it it it, it may help you it may save your life in the long haul or it just may stop you from uh developing unhealthy habits overall that will require treatment what do you think i would have to say most definitely times have changed and like i said they're not paying us for medications but most definitely um the way we're being uh the way we can treat um bipolar schizophrenia 
is most definitely has changed. No one has to take medication every day anymore. There's always an injection now that you can get and it can last up to um, most of them 30, some of them 90 days. Um, so seek help. Um, there's always, like I said, 80% of it is you. 20% of it is the medication and going to therapy. So if you look at it, do the 80%. Invest in your treatment. And on that note, we're going to end it right there. Remember to follow, subscribe, share the Talking Chit Podcast. It's available on all platforms. And now I'm going to stay, my good peoples, until the next episode. Thank you for your support.